Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The NWSL had a busy weekend and a newsworthy Monday. The coach of the defending champions was fired. The reigning defender of the year was traded. The U.S. women's national team roster was announced. It's a lot, and Steph Young is here to explain what's going on. I'm Alex Abnos from The Athletic, and this is Soccer Every Day for Tuesday, August 23rd. A busy weekend in the NWSL, some guys, uh, let's do this again, three, two, one. A busy weekend in the NWSL somehow got even busier on Monday with a whole bunch of news. In Washington, Chris Ward was fired as head coach of the Washington Spirit. The U.S. women's national team roster was announced for a pair of friendlies in September and three trades, though not all of them were finalized on Monday. Victoria Pickett from Kansas City to Gotham, Ali Watt from O.L. Reign to Orlando Pride, and Caprice Tedasco, the reigning defender of the year from Gotham to Dash. Luckily, I have my colleague Steph Young here to guide me through each of these bits of news. And Steph, let's start with uh, the spirit and Chris Ward, since that is the newest piece of uh, of interesting news to to come out of the league uh, today on Monday as we're recording this. Uh, in your NWSL Chaos column in previous editions, you and Meg have talked about the Spirit's struggles this season. They haven't won since the opening game of the season. So this basically seemed like a move that had to be made, right? Yes. 15 winless, like which to be fair, includes some ties, right? It wasn't all losses, sure. but it's still 15 winless. Like you... It, that's pretty much <laughs> as close to like fired perfor- for performance as you can get. Um, now there have been some reports. I think Stephen Goff from Washington Post had a, a little report about tension between Chris Ward and and the players. But other than that, it's been really quiet from the Spirit camp. Even the way that they reported it, right? It was like a one sentence tweet. Like, yeah, uh, we're done with this dude. I was like, that's pretty tough. That's you know. So. Um, yeah. yeah. Interesting, interesting treatment from a, from a coach that literally just won a championship uh, yes. a matter of months ago. Yes. Um, obviously, the spirit now is under, I don't know if you could call them new ownership anymore, but uh, non-Steve Baldwin uh, ownership with Michelle Kang. That was obviously reported on uh, very heavily by uh, here at The Athletic, a lot of different places, including The Post. Um, and... I think it's fair to say Michelle Kong is very ambitious and, and has been very publicly ambitious with what she wants the spirit to become as an NWSL club. So what is a hire that you can think of for the Washington spirit that would signal ambition in all caps, et cetera? I mean, obviously a high profile coach and there's already a couple of names floating around. I think some people want to see Angela Salem promoted into the spot. She's taking over right now, kind of like as an emergency, like, 
maybe to the point like, oh, we've got training today. We need a coach today, <laughs> that level right. of emergency. I think it would be cool if she just remained as interim coach for the rest of the year. I've heard a couple of people say Mark Krikorian because he's someone who has entered the NWSL scene. Um, Mark Parsons, another name, returning to the spirit. But, you know, is he really willing to leave Europe and be away from his family, even if it's only for a couple of months in order to get the team, you know, kind of limping over the finish line. So yeah, high profile coach. I don't know, uh, more shakeups in that office. Maybe they're waiting for the off season to do kind of a wipe the slate clean approach, which, mm-hmm. you know, is maybe what the organization needs, even though as I'm saying that I'm aware, like those are real people's jobs. So like, sure. so sorry to people like, that's their jobs, right? It's their livelihood. Um, right. At the same time, that is maybe the approach, at least on the soccer side, that Kong might think that they need. Just kind of wipe it clean. And then, yeah, they might rehire some people, but kind of doing a whole um, a whole body diagnosis, for lack of a better term. It's certainly easier to do that uh, off the back of a very, very bad season than it is off the back of a season where you literally win the championship. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, As I mentioned at the top, there were also three trades. I think there were more trades than that. Might be one or two that I'm leaving out. But the three big ones that took place either at the end of last week or today. Uh, Steph, I want to get your take on a couple of these. And let's start with the ones that involve Gotham, because two of them do. Uh, Kansas City traded Victoria Pickett. Uh, Canadian national teamer, rookie of the year finalist in 2021 to Gotham FC for a first round draft pick and 200,000 in allocation money. Also in the Gotham camp, Caprice Didasco, 2021 defender of the year from Gotham to the dash for 120,000 in allocation money plus 10,000 for each postseason match she plays in, which is up to 150,000 total. So, Steph, the way I'm reading this, these two moves together, Gotham is basically paying at least 50000 in allocation money, up to 80000 losing a draft pick to exchange Caprice Tedesco with Victoria Pickett. What are they up to here? Well, based on what they paid, right, and giving up that first round draft pick, it feels like they're still in a we can win, we can win now mentality, as opposed to let's lay some stepping stones for the future. Like, let's get through the season with our dignity intact, sure, but mm-hmm. we're not thinking that like, oh, we still got a shot at the playoffs or something. If we just win every single game from here on out, we could right. win the whole thing. And it kind of does feel a little bit like that. Like they're thinking we, we're still in it. Let's make moves like we're still in it instead of saying, let's like kind of get better. Yes, we want to get better. We want to win games. We want to end strong, but acknowledge that like basically our playoff run is over. So let's accumulate resources and spend like we're going to make moves for 2023. So it's, it really screams to me right now, like win now, maybe a little bit of panic given how much money they were willing to drop on a midfielder. Yeah. Yeah. And for those of you that aren't looking at the NWSL table, Gotham FC very much not in the playoff race. They are currently last in the league with 12 points, 11 points uh, off a playoff spot with, uh, not really that many games to go left to to make up the gap. Um, the other trade that I w- referenced, Ali Watt going from OL Reign to Orlando Pride for 125000 in allocation money. Uh, do we know anything about what the Reign are going to do with, with that haul? Because that's not an insignificant amount of allocation money. And they're in a playoff spot now, but they've been sort of up and down in form. 
what, what do you think they can they can do with this new sort of cash injection <laughs> or quote unquote cash <laughs> injection? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Replace Megan Rapinoe. Um, sure. I would almost say that's money that if you're replacing more than one piece, but I don't think they're going to lose someone like, for example, Jess Fishlock, who has been really central and is the kind of player where you're like, oh yeah, that's the kind of player in position where you do need to accumulate a lot of money to maybe make a, a big trade there. So I'm not sure. Maybe they're saving it up for the draft to kind of move around in the draft order. Hard to say. Um, I'm not really thinking right now about like an immediate need that jumps out for them right now in the season where they are such that they would be willing to splash out a bunch of cash for it. If they could manage sure. some deal where it's like, Oh, it ends up we only dropped like 20,000 in allocation or something. And it was like a tweak in our roster maybe, but if they're accumulating cash for big stuff, I don't necessarily see them doing something huge right now. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're now in year three of allocation money being used in NWSL. <laughs> uh... These are not insignificant sums that we've been talking about with with each of these deals. Do you think that these deals or maybe like the maybe the broader work of trades and and exchanges between NWSL teams this year? Do we have a better idea now of sort of what the value of allocation money is? Do these deals shift sort of what the market is there as 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 far as you can tell? You know, what what's the state of allocation <laughs> money in NWSL right now cuz I'm reading these, you know, amounts and it's it's quite a bit, and it's interesting to to see it discussed in a league that isn't MLS. Um, right. And see it evolve in a way, you know that that is not how it is in MLS as well. I know. Every time I see an MLS trade, and they're like PAM GM. I'm like, no, no, I'm. <laughs> We're not quite there yet, thankfully. <laughs> I'm so glad I don't uh, have to track knows? that yet. Yet yeah. in NWSL, they could always make it more Byzantine. I have no hope that it's going to get any easier. <laughs> but in terms of the allocation values i think we are seeing the market has been setting like what the average value is for like a a player around the kind of like that hundred thousand level where you're like oh yeah the the 75 to 125 range you're like okay that's what we're seeing is kind of the going rate for a good player that's why a lot of eyebrows went up over this two hundred thousand thing even accounting for the 120 they already got for caprice didasco yeah but i do think we are going to see it go up because we're seeing the value of contracts go up for example, you know, it's an outlier, but the Trinity Rodman, you know, over a million dollar deal, and they're trying to attract more and more international players who need higher and higher salaries. So, yeah, I do think that amount is probably going to creep up to the point where we're going to start seeing like, oh, yeah, they needed to splash out 150 for this, you know, good, but not stellar midfielder, whoever that that level, but we're not quite there yet. Sure. It'll be interesting to see how that evolves. Last, but certainly not least, Steph, the U.S. Women's National Team roster, they have the small matter of uh, two friendlies. 
uh, coming up in September, both, I believe, against Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And this roster is interesting, I guess, in the sense that it is exactly the same roster, more or less, that we saw in the CONCACAF W Championship. Is that surprising to you at all? Are there any are there any people that you think got left out here that you were expecting to get called in but didn't? Maybe. Um, for my part, I was asking Vlako Ananovsky in that call about AD French, who I think is someone we've all watched and has had some pretty good games. I wouldn't say it's been 100% consistent, has made, had some games where she's like made some mistakes, as you will. But as sure. someone, and he was like, yeah, she's very much in the pool. And then he rattled off three other names where he was like Valentola's Joyce, someone who, if you're going to base NWSL play, you know, evaluations off of, has been doing great. Bella Bixby, Katie Lund. So, you know, great problem to have. But I definitely wasn't expecting him to like just tick off all this stuff. So that's seven names already in the pool, including the three that he called up. That was interesting. Um, other than that, I'm not super surprised. I mean, everybody's going to feel like, oh, this player, I know Carson Pickett is another name. People are like, why Mm -hmm. isn't she getting some further evaluation here as a fullback? But you got to remember, they've got Crystal Dunn in camp now. And he, you know, Vlaco flat out said she's not going to play, but we do expect her to play soon sometime this year. That's what he told the media. And, you know, that's, that's a tough place to be in trying to displace Crystal Dunn. So... Yeah, he he made some interesting comments too. You 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 were saying before we started recording about um, sort of the what NWSL play, playing in NWSL means versus playing in yeah. uh, let's just say any other league. <laughs> yeah, uh, he got asked about Mia Fischel, who obviously is playing for Tigres down in Liga MX Femenil, and you know she, while she's been doing well with Tigres, he made a point that like. NWSL is maybe kind of the standard of play that they're looking for. And with all due respect, uh, Liga MX, like, yes, I don't think the overall standard of play in that league quite matches up to the average, like, parity you see in an NWSL game. Um, Liga MX is kind of like France, where you've got your Lyons and PSGs, the same thing. You've got your Tigres, your Rayadas, that sort of thing, who are just dominating everybody else. And so... You know, I think it's fair of him to be like, yeah, I think she's doing great. I'm keeping an eye on her as a forward. She talked to me, obviously, about how the new Tigres style under Carmen Moscato is beneficial for her, like in playing more in line with a national team style. And at the same time, wanting to see her evaluated maybe in the NWSL environment where it's a little it adds that a little more level of difficulty. Sure. Well, all of these things and many, many more are talked about in your NWSL Chaos column written alongside Meg Linehan, which is linked in this episode's description, by the way. I'm sure it'll also be covered on Full Time, which is Meg's podcast, which is available wherever you listen to shows. But Steph, thank you so much for taking some time today. Thank you, Monday, for finally stopping with the news. Before we go, as usual, your TV guide for today, all times are Eastern. We have the second legs of UEFA Champions League qualifying. There are three games on today. Two of them I would suggest tuning in for. One of them, Victoria Pilsen versus Karabag. That tie is tied at 0-0. So there's everything to play for in this game. That'll be on Paramount Plus or DAZN in Canada. Also at 3 p.m., Red Star Belgrade. Preki's Old Club versus Maccabi Haifa. That'll be on Paramount Plus. Maccabi Haifa up 3-2 on aggregate in that one. 
There is also early round League Cup action on, just in case you're into the early round of English Cup competitions. Not quite as good as the FA Cup, in my opinion, but still potentially very fun. Two games at 2.45 p.m. on American TV. Bolton Wanderers versus Aston Villa is one. Fleetwood Town hosting Everton is the other. They're both on ESPN Plus. And last but certainly not least tonight, two good games in Liga Emekis. At 8.05 p.m., Chivas versus Monterrey. And at 10.05 p.m., Querétaro hosting América. Both of those games are going to be on Tudene. This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic. Thank you so much for listening, and happy soccer to you all.